Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together, we are taking you Inside Disney. Sherry's so close and yet so far. <laughs> it's true. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Sherry. And hello, listeners. Zynga, unfortunately, could not be with us today, but she is our new co-host. Mm -hmm. Sherry and I are mere feet away from each other. <laughs> Yay! In our own respective hotel rooms. Why are we in hotel rooms, Sherry? Well, we are here in Walt Disney World filming something special. Yes. <laughs> More it to is. come. More to come. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes, yes. But love being here at Disney World and love all the fabulous people who are here and just like the nicest cast members. Yes. They're just terrific. Oh, I love it here so much. I also and see that you have a figment on your bed in the background. I do. Oh I do. Anyone who has a problem <laughs> with adults who have plush animals. They're probably not listening to this podcast. Also true. We, <laughs> we can't be friends. Anyway, but lots of Disney, other than the fact that we are both at Walt Disney World Resort right now. Mm -hmm. What have you been up to? Well, Jeffrey, I know this isn't quite your cup of tea, but I watched the new 20th Century Studios movie in the theaters, Barbarian. 100% oh. not for kids. If you are thinking about watching it, please make sure you're an adult who loves horror movies. It was amazing if you haven't seen it don't look anything up just go into it blind like i did and there are twists there are turns i screamed i screamed in the theater oh my gosh okay <laughs> well i'm ready to scream and i'm just watching you relive moments of this <laughs> yeah maybe start with pray jeffrey that's i think a little bit easier to get into <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna start with mickey's christmas carol there you go okay perfect and then i may just never go to anything after that <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. Not that Every... Mickey's Christmas Carol is a horror. It's just much more my speed. <laughs> it's also my speed. Yes. One and the same. Jeffrey, what have you been up to? Well, last weekend, I headed down to Disneyland because after a week of being in Anaheim for D23 Expo, who did not want to go back down to Anaheim? Too true. Too true. I was very excited. It was uh, the Gay Days that happened down there. Gay Days Anaheim was happening. Nice. And I interviewed our pal, Imagineer Zach Ridley, live on stage <gasps> for um, the audience there as part of a like a live version of our pod with cool. you know, just a, a Q&A. He is such a great storyteller. I mean, he was great on the show, but, you know, of course, we have a little more limited time and we just chatted for over an hour and people just were it, it, it was great. He is such a, a raconteur, as they may say. That is true. He also yep. has great style, if I may say so. He does have great <laughs> style. He does. He does. And on the flight here, I, of course, watched the finale of High School Musical, the musical, the series, and curse you, Tim Federley, for making me <laughs> cry on an airplane in public. Oh. So good. And the latest episode of She-Hulk, which is... I feel like the episodes just get funnier and funnier. It is so good. Oh, amazing. So good. And something else I'm looking forward to watching is Celebrity Jeopardy Woo! because the host, Mayim Bialik, is coming up on the show. One of the most charming guests I think we've had. She is just yes. fantastic. And of course, had to ask her about playing young Bette Midler in Beaches because uh, I'm obsessed yes! with that. Same. naturally uh, but we got a lot of news to get to first sherry what's up well up first okay we don't 
not talk about Bruno on this podcast. I feel like we talk about Encanto every week. I think we do. Encanto, we do, we do. Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl is coming in November. It's a two-night event that takes place November 11th and November 12th. Reunites the all-star cast of performers, many of whom we saw at D23 Expo. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. So if you want to see the film performed live to picture... Also, there's going to be a Colombian band featuring musicians from the original soundtrack that'll accompany the orchestra. So, I mean, yeah, an experience for all of the senses. Yeah, and friend of the pod, Stephanie Beatriz, Woo! leading the cast. That is right. Going from Tales of Encanto to Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, <laughs> Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, the enhanced edition is coming in 2023. You know, we talked about this incredible VR experience from Lucasfilm's ILMX Lab. Mm-hmm. And I remember we got to test some of that technology. It's incredibly cool. In the Star Wars story, you play a droid repair technician who crash lands on Batu, one of our favorite places to visit when we are at either Disneyland or Walt Disney World Resorts. Mm-hmm. Of course, characters like R2-D2, C-3PO, and Yoda are there, and Anthony Daniels and Frank Oz are among the voice talent. So look for updates there. You can read more about that at StarWars.com. Exciting. Well, for all of you Owl House fans out there, I know there are a lot. Yes. The premiere date has been announced for the first of the Owl House's final three specials. The Peabody Award winning series debuts the first special on Saturday, October 15th at 9 p.m. And it'll be simultaneously broadcast on Disney Channel and Disney XD. So you can't miss it. It's 44 minutes long. Each special is going to be 44 minutes long. The first one is called Thanks to Them. And it picks up right where season two left off. The following two installments are premiering next year. So once we know those dates, we will let you know. Mm. Well, a date that we do know is November 20th, which is when the 2022 (laughs) American Music Awards returns to ABC. I just love everything about that award show. It's always so (laughs) much fun. Always great performances. So more details are coming out soon, including the nominations, which are going to be announced on Thursday, October 13th. So cannot wait for that. Tune in. Well... I've got some ghoul news, everyone. (laughs) Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and Disney XD are brewing a cauldron of Halloween programming. Disney Channel. I love what you just did there. That's, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love the holidays. And I count Halloween as the holidays. It is a holiday. Yes. Disney Channel's Calling All the Monsters and Disney Junior's Trick or Treats runs from this Sunday, September 25th through Monday, October 31st. Starting over at Disney Channel, Under Wraps 2 premieres this Sunday at 8 p.m. and it'll be available on September 30th on Disney+. Plus. Plus, there are some new Halloween-themed episodes of some of our favorite series like Bunked, Learning the Ropes, The Villains of Valley View, Raven's Home, over on Disney Junior, we've also got some Halloween-themed episodes from Mickey Mouse Funhouse, Eureka, Firebuds, and Disney XD also has a whole slate of Halloween-themed episodes of some fan-favorite shows. I am most excited, of course, for Toy Story of Terror, which is going to be presented throughout the month of October. Oh, yes. I love that special. Me too. It's so good. It's so mm. good. And in more magical news, Magic Band Plus! Woohoo! This fall, Yay. it is making its debut at Disneyland Resort. 
So we get the wearable technology on the West Coast for the very first time. There are all kinds of features like color changing LED lights, haptic vibrations, gesture recognition. And it also gives you another opportunity to show off your personal style in the parks, which I love. It is rechargeable. It is waterproof. It pairs to your smartphone. It is everything. So a couple of things it can do. You can connect it to your theme park ticket or magic key pass, use it to check in at lightning lane entrances, connect it to your photo pass. It complements the magic in the skies during nighttime spectaculars like World of Color and Fantasmic. You can go on a virtual bounty quest at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. If your stomach's grumbling, you can tap it to your belly and a fresh churro appears out of thin air. Okay, maybe Wait. that part's not true. What? <laughs> but the rest of that is true, and it sounds just as magical. Well, and you got to play with that a little bit when we were here for the 50th anniversary uh, for true. Disney World, some of that tech. Yeah, it's really, really amazing and innovative. And you can see more info, watch a video all about it on the Disney Parks blog. Well, also on the Disney Parks blog, you can get a little bit more info on the fact that the Disney Dream is sailing out of Miami through the fall and winter. There's so many cool stops. I know that we talked about it all the time, but I just feel like it's worth bringing up one more time. Disney Dream out of Miami. Will I be sailing on it? The answer is maybe. The answer is always yes. <laughs> I mean, I'll be on it again at some point. Like the odds are definitely good. But before that, you know what it's time for. Hmm, what could it be? It's time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend presented by State Farm. For complete details, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Sherry, what's up first? Up first is Saving Giraffes, The Long Journey Home. This is new to the Disney Plus library this Friday. It is about these former warring communities of Kenya's Rift Valley. They join forces to rescue a herd of rare giraffes stranded by unprecedented flooding. Mm -hmm. Well, the next night on Saturday, I know my niece Dylan will be watching. It is the mid-season premiere of Big City Green. So you can tune into that at 9 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on Saturday. Also on Saturday, it is our second mention of Under Wraps 2. It premieres on Disney Channel at 8 p.m. Well, I mean, Under Wraps 2 deserves two mentions. It is true. It is too true. This could be the 10th, 30th, who knows how many mentions we have had about Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy to this episode, thanks to the fabulous Mayan Bialik. But it premieres on Sunday, September 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on ABC. And this week, the celebrity face-off includes Simu Liu and Andrew Richter, and they're all competing for a grand prize of $1 million for the charity of their choice. Woohoo! Friend of the pod, Simu! Woohoo! Go Simu! Go Simu! <laughs> And cap off the weekend with Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Season premiere this Sunday at 9 p.m. on ABC. We've got Amanda Seals, Snoop Dogg, and Mark Duplass. They are competing for a chance to win more than $1 million to a charity of their choice. Will there be wheels? Will there be fortunes? Yes, there will. Yes, there will. <laughs> on to our guest who got a big break with Disney back in 1988's Beaches and is back with Disney hosting ABC's Celebrity Jeopardy. She's had a pretty incredible career in between, including voicing characters on shows such as Star vs. the Forces of Evil, Recess, and Kim Possible, and starring in the Touchstone television-produced Blossom. Please welcome to the show, 
Mayim Bialik. Yay! Hello there. Hello there. What's it like having your whole Disney life flash before your eyes or your ears? It's fantastic. I've been a, <laughs> a long time Disney girl. <laughs> and we love it. All right, on to Celebrity Jeopardy. You've hosted, shall we call it, non-Celebrity Jeopardy. Uh, you've seen the non-celebrities <laughs> compete. How do you think celebrities will fare on the show? There's, there's definitely room for people to feel like they're getting to spend some good time with, I think, the celebrities, in addition to getting to watch them compete as contestants. And I'm excited because the people that we do have coming on are people who are interested in all things Jeopardy. They are people who have a lot of varied interests and really want to be there, which I think is especially entertaining. And I'm just very excited to put celebrities also in a competitive arena like that where everything's happening in real time. It's not like an audition where you can do it again or you know if you get the job or if you don't. This is literally competing in real time. Are there any celebrities you are personally excited to have on the show? I mean, I don't want to pick favorites with celebrities, <laughs> but Eliza Schlesinger is a friend of mine, and I'm very excited to get to see her in that arena. Yes. Ooh, yes, that will be a good one. And I think that's fair. Whenever we have people who we already know outside of the pod or who are familiar with the pod, we always love having them back. There's a familiarity. You already have a built-in rapport, which makes it uh, right. a little easier. <laughs> I don't know how much input you have, but will there be any Disney categories? I have zero input into the categories of which is- Can you put in a request? I can absolutely put in a request. And yeah, I always have as much fun learning what the categories are going to be as the contestants. And I get the information really the hour before. So it's oh, wow. all fresh to me too. Wow. Oh, wow. From your time hosting the show prior to the non-celebrity version, do you have a favorite wrong answer to a question? Oh question. my gosh. <laughs> do I have a favorite wrong answer I don't think so but you know for me if I were put in that situation as a contestant I would probably have nothing to say a lot of the time really because of nerves so I'm always entertained when you can tell people don't know and they have no problem being like I don't know or like Mickey Mouse like just anything <laughs> but yeah I can't think of a favorite wrong one I mean, Mickey Mouse just feels like a good one. I mean, I would just answer Moby Dick to everything and just- Exactly, eventually, exactly. Eventually we would get it right. All right. One of your early big roles was playing a younger version of Bette Midler's character in one of my favorite speeches. What do you remember about filming that? I was 12 years old when I filmed Beaches and it came out when I was 13, actually the week of my bat mitzvah, it oh, came out. Mazel tov. Thank you. Yeah, it was a very big week. You know, I remember Gary Marshall was our director and working with him was really special. I grew up watching Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days. And, you know, at that time, I already sort of appreciated getting to work with, you know, in my mind, the guy who was Laverne's brother is how I thought of Gary Marshall. Yes. And, you know, I was 12. So I was very new in the industry. I had just started acting that year. And it was four months of auditions, which I did audition at the Disney offices on Buena Vista. So. Oh. I've been at that building for many, many years, and it was a very positive experience. It was my first time in New York. We filmed in New York to look like Atlantic City. And while my parents were from New York and um, I had been once when I was little, it was my first time really getting to love New York. We filmed in Coney Island. So it was a really, a very positive experience. You know, it was my first time like on an airplane in first class. It was my first time in a fancy hotel. You know, I didn't grow up with nice 
hotels and first class planes and things like that. So it felt really, really special. And you get to have Lainey Kazan as your mother. <laughs> I didn't really know much about who she was at the time. You can imagine I was 12, but she was incredible. And also to get to see her play, you know, herself in the younger version and then in sort of, you know, we had to age her up to play, you know, the older version of herself. But she was incredible. Really, really lovely. So you didn't film with her, but did you get to meet Bet? Yeah, Bet was at, it was kind of an old-fashioned screen test in those days. That's how we wow. did it. You were just on an empty soundstage. It was two girls for each of the parts of Hillary and Cece. So Bet was there. She was very quiet. She did the choreography for the singing and dancing scene that I did. So I got to work with her in that way. She was very, very lovely, very quiet. And I remember being really impressed, like, oh, you can be this loud, awesome, incredible, you know, charismatic personality, but still have a sense of kind of yourself and your personal life. And her daughter at that time was very young. So I got to see her as a mom. And, you know, she had a company called All Girl Productions. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a group of really intelligent, awesome, powerful women working around her. Looking back at a movie, I mean, you're looking at a film that was led by two incredible women actresses at a time when there yes. weren't a ton of movies that were led by incredible strong women. Especially highlighting, you know, a very special friendship and, you know, people really weren't talking about sickness. And, you know, although a lot of people think the movie was about Barbara Hershey's character getting cancer, it actually wasn't cancer. But a lot of people associate that with a time in our kind of cultural history when we did start talking about things like cancer. So a lot of people kind of group that with, you know, the late 80s into the early 90s of talking more about public health crisis. It's nice. It kind of destigmatizes some of, of that. Mm -hmm. After Beaches, but about 30 years ago, Blossom went to Disneyland. What do you remember about filming that episode? Because you got to go on the Skyway, which so many people loved. Yeah, Blossom was a Disney show. And so that was, you know, still really part of my identity. We were very clearly a Disney show. and. I think we were called Touchstone is what it was at that time. Yeah. I remember that we got to film at Disneyland. We had to go very early in the morning and we basically went, you know, before the park opened and kind of as it was opening so that we could, you know, get our crew and all the things that we needed. You know, we were a sitcom, which, you know, lives within four walls on a soundstage. So taking us to Disneyland was, it's huge for us to not be on a stage anyway, but then to take us to an amusement park, just the crew and all the transportation and the Teamsters. It was a very big production, but it was really fun. I mean, I grew up in Southern California. I did not get to go to Disneyland a lot. I didn't grow up with the financial resources in my family to do that. And Disneyland was much smaller then. So you actually could do the whole park in a day. So it was really, really special to get to go that way. Absolutely. Mm. I was going to ask, though you may not have gone a lot, do you have any fun memories of Disneyland from your youth? Oh, absolutely. You know, I have very fond memories of, you know, the Main Street Electrical Parade. I was born in 1975, so I probably went somewhere, probably in the early 80s was probably my first time that I went. And, you know, there used to be a ride <laughs> talking about what the future would be like. And, you know, the future when that ride was built was basically what is now 20 or 30 years ago. So it was really funny. There was also a ride where you, they shrunk you down and you could look at snowflakes. And oh, it was a classic, classic yeah, ride. Adventure and through inner space. Adventure through inner space. And, you know, when I think of it now as a child, it was the future, you know, to think in that kind of realm. And you know, Space Mountain was, it was the most exciting vision of space at that time that I understood 
yeah, I've seen Disneyland change a tremendous amount. My kids are homeschooled, which means they go to Disneyland a lot because <laughs> one of the things that homeschool families do is they buy season passes, you know, which like wasn't even a thing when I was a kid. And they do get to go a lot. And now, you know, when we've gone, they take me around and they show me where the best bathroom is and where I can get the vegan food that I want, where the gluten-free stuff is. So very, very positive memories of Disneyland. And, you know, I also remember you know, getting sick or scared on bigger rides and the Matterhorn always scared me. I went on it recently. That ride just holds up. It's just a fantastic ride. And yeah. And look, the addition of Star Wars into this universe is, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. It is mind blowing. And last time I went, you know, Chewbacca happened to be walking through and I, I lost my mind. It was like being a kid. It felt like Chewbacca, you know, it was anyway, just unbelievable. Completely with you on that. So transportive. Did your kids have favorite attractions that they always bring you on? You know, they're very, very seasoned because of their passions. (laughs) So, you know, they do love pirates. They do love the Haunted Mansion. Obviously, we do Splash Mountain. Their thing is they know where all the cameras are and when they take pictures. So they like organize when they go with their friends, like we're all going to do this face and we're all going to do this. It's just like the fun thing they like to do. We love Space Mountain. We really do. And that's something, you know, I've been on Space Mountain with the lights on when I was a kid. They would sometimes do that, which I think is more terrifying than going on that roller coaster (laughs) with the lights (laughs) off because you can actually see what's going on. They do love all things Star Wars there. Yeah. I mean, I used to love, what is it? Tom Sawyer's Island. Yeah. And, you know, the Swiss family Robinson tree. You know, I have the old school kind of memories. Yeah. I love it. And it, well, and as someone who avoids dairy myself, I frequently gravitate toward a lot of the vegan items yes. and they have just upped the game over the last few years with some oh, really absolutely. good plant-based. Uh... Yeah. And I think, you know, California Adventure has a larger kind of variety and, you know, the Incredicoaster, I would say is one of, I think the best roller coasters I've been on. So definitely have had to learn through my kids, you know, more about California Adventure just because it was so foreign to me, but like I said, very important for them to be able to show me where to eat. <laughs> I'm with you a hundred percent. As you mentioned, a lot of people may not realize that Blossom was a show produced by Disney, even though mm-hmm. it ran on another network. It wasn't considered another network then though, because it was when there were only three networks. I think of Disney now as part of a network, but then it was a production company for us. Yes, that's totally fair. So aside yeah. from the Disneyland episode, did you get to experience some of the pixie dust? There was a sort of division between sort of like Disney Touchstone, especially with our show that dealt with topics that, you know, especially at that time, Disney was not as eager to kind of put their stamp on, even though we were obviously a Disney show. But yeah, when we talk about, you know, sex and condoms and, you know, things that at the time was very, you know, not part of the kind of cultural vernacular. So I think we always thought of ourselves more like a Touchstone family. But, you know, Eisner was my boss. Like, I think of all of those people from the larger Disney world and then later Katzenberg, you know, like it it was sort of part of our our larger world. But on a day-to-day basis, we were, you know, mostly the show that was, you know, produced by Paul Witt and Tony Thomas at the time. And yeah. I love it. You did an episode of the hilarious Disney Plus series, Earth to Ned. Yes! (laughs) Where you sat speaking with a giant blue alien. Mm -hmm. I thought that show was hilarious. What was that experience like for you? I mean, it was unbelievable, you know, to get to see that kind of artistry up close and to see the tremendous amount of labor that goes into creating those types of creatures and that experience, it's awe-inspiring, especially, you know, I grew up in a 
the end of a generation where you were supposed to be a lawyer or a doctor. And, you know, so to see also these men and women who have devoted their lives to their artistic craft and to get to see it so well supported and loved, mm. there's no expense spared. And I don't mean just the money. I just mean the time, the energy, the years it takes to construct that kind of technology. It was incredible. It was really, really incredible. And funny. You guys were great. <laughs> Because you've been part of the Disney family for a long time, we want to ask you about some Disney favorites. Only we'd like you to answer them Jeopardy style. Ask questions. Oh, no. Okay. Sound okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I'll try. Mayim's favorite animated movie. Oh, so I get to say what is. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's hard. Give me a second. All good. What is Alice in Wonderland? Mm. Ooh. That's a deep cut, but that really is, yeah. I love it. What is it about the film that resonates? You know, I had a lot of Disney albums, LPs, long mm -hmm. playing, vinyls, whatever the kids call it these days. I've got some right there in my closet, yeah. Yeah, I had Cinderella, I had Sleeping Beauty, I had Dumbo, but the Alice in Wonderland one was my favorite. It included selected pages, you know, it was like the kind of album cover you'd open it and there was like a book inside, basically, that you would turn the pages and... That music resonated a lot with me. And it's the very classic early Disney, like it just sounds like female angels or eunuchs, you know, uh, singing uh, all in unison. <laughs> like when the flowers sing, it's spectacular. And it's just one of those movies that I keep returning to. And I find something different every time. Excellent. Mayim's favorite Disney song. Oh my gosh. Well, I would say, what is Friend Like Me? From Aladdin. Excellent. I mean, choice. Aladdin is, that's also one of my favorites to return to. And Robin Williams. Yes. Definitely a classic. Mayim's favorite Disney Parks attraction. Oh, I'd say, I'd say, what is Space Mountain? Mm -hmm. Like, if Excellent. I had to pick one forever, what is Space Mountain? All right. Yes. And you got to do it with the lights on. So I'm doubly jealous. <laughs> doubly jealous. Mayim's favorite Disney character. Oh my goodness. All right. This is a weird one. What is Gus from Cinderella? From Cinderella? That's not a weird one. He's, That's a great one. one. His shirt doesn't fit. It's always riding up on his little tummy. <laughs> that is, I mean, come I on. I love Gus. I love Gus. Yes. That's amazing. Yes, yes. Mayim's favorite Disney park snack. Oh my, Mayim's favorite Disney park snack. Every time I go to Disneyland, what is popcorn? What is amazing? There's yeah, a they... little clown that's like turning a thing and yep. I don't like any flavor on it. I just like the plain Disneyland popcorn. There's something about it. I feel like that's where they sprinkle some pixie dust. Right, and I, I went recently with my kids and my ex-husband, long story, but we still do things as a family. And I had to leave Healthy. early. I had to leave early and so I left them and they were still doing rides, but I had to go home and they were going to stay for the, you know, evening, everything. And I was by myself and I was almost to where I parked and I bought myself a popcorn and I just ate it all the way home by myself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I can tell you, I have a very good friend, Carly, who would do that as well and would frequently oh. get an extra box just to have. I got the commemorative thing because it was like a vintage like 1960 style of all the different rides and anyway and my boys oh. came home and the next day they were like where did this come from I said well remember when I left 
I love it. I actually got one of the Main Street Electrical Parade popcorn buckets, which oh, awesome. it lights up, which was something that I learned on the does. show. I'd had it for like a month and they're like, they light up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sure they do. And I like ran to my kitchen. I'm like, sure enough, it lights up. There you go. All right. We are at the end, but I we this has been so much fun. We always end every interview with this. You don't have to answer it as a question, but okay. we ask, what is your favorite Disney memory? You know, I have a lot. And, you know, it's funny because when I take my boys there, I often joke like, I remember crying here. I remember asking for this here and no one would get it for me. Like, this is where my parents once got to a fight. Here's where they made up. You know, like I have all those like, weird, like the things that happen when you're a kid and you're like going through life. But there's actually something really special that my children showed me, which I think is now my favorite memory. There is a dentist's office on Main Street. And during Hanukkah, there is a menorah that is in the window. And I believe there's a mezuzah on the door. And it's one of those things that to me, you know, Disney and Disneyland is for all people everywhere. Like it is a small world after all. I really do believe sort of that ethic. But for my kids, you know, a different generation to get to see the representation of all kinds of different people and things in the Disneyland that we now know, it's very special. And the last time we were there, they said, mama, that's where when it's Hanukkah, you can see, you know, there's a menorah. And I just thought like, wow, what a long way we've all come, you know, not just in terms of the Jewish thing, but just sort of the inclusiveness that I think Disney is continuing to try and represent. Absolutely. And it makes it more fun. Yeah. The food alone, I'm just so happy when they bring in all the different celebrations. I love it. Yeah. Maya, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. This has just been a fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Oh, we, we cannot wait to watch Celebrity Jeopardy. We cannot yeah. wait to see all the celebrities, <laughs> your friends and otherwise. And we even like the non-celebrities as well when, you know, so it's fantastic. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. I love her recollections of filming Blossom at Disneyland. I mean, honestly, like I love all of those shows when they visit the parks. It's... Ugh. So much fun. Yeah, so fun. And it kind of makes me want to go back and watch her Earth to Net episode again. Yes. I love that show so much. Ah, uh, same, 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 same. Mm. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with Zynga, more Disney news, and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.